Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Maybe the central command center of the smart home will be that thing we're used to controlling our TV with, the remote. I talk about this and more with Mark Spates, head of smart home platforms with Logitech on today's smart home show. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's guest is Mark Spates, the head of the Smart Home Platform at Logitech. Now, if you've heard of Logitech, you probably have bought one of their remotes, the universal remotes, keyboard, mouse, one of their many other computer peripheral types of products. But Logitech has certainly not been shy about moving into the smart home space. And last year, they announced a new universal remote that integrated with the smart home. And just a few months ago, they announced an API that would allow smart home device makers to integrate with their remote and access other types of devices that they have in their 250,000 or so device database. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You know, this battle for the control interface for the smart home really isn't settled yet. We don't know what the command interface is going to be. We kind of know that there's going to be some sort of hub with a box of radios, as Dwayne, Dwayne Paulson from from Nortech would say, that controls a lot of these different devices, be it Bluetooth or Zigbee or Z-Wave, uh, Thread, Wi-Fi. We know that there's going to be some sort of device with those different radios. It could be a hub or it could be some sort of router. But we don't know exactly what is going to be the command interface. Uh, is it going to be a touchpad? Is it going to be our iPad? Probably that will be playing to the equation. Uh, will it be something like a watch? Could we imagine controlling something from uh, a smartwatch? Well, that certainly is, I think, one of the plans for some of the folks out there, folks like Pebble, folks like Samsung. But could it be a remote? Could it be this thing that we're actually used to controlling our TV with and punching a button, but, bunch of buttons and controlling home theater with? It's not out of the realm of possibility. And certainly, you know, within the context of the entertainment experience, when you're in the living room, when oftentimes you're you're doing something around entertainment, it makes a lot of sense that a universal remote would be the thing that you use to control not only your TV entertainment, your, your audio, your stereo, but also maybe lights, maybe integrating your lights to coordinate with your TV when you start a movie might be something that makes a lot of sense. And we talk about that. So Mark and I talk about some of the potential scenarios that integrate TV and entertainment with the smart home and how that will go, how ultimately this integration of the entertainment side of things with the smart home makes a lot of sense. And certainly something we've seen on the high end of the, the spectrum with the likes of Control 4 and and Savan and other guys. But now with, with smart home technology and the DIY side of things is coming downstream a little bit and something that I think ultimately a lot of other folks will enjoy. So we talk about that as well. You can find out more about Logitech, obviously, at Logitech.com. If you want to listen to more smart home shows, please go to smarthomeshow.com or find us on technology.fm. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on SoundCloud. Also, if you want to get a weekly update on all the smart home news as well as analysis around that, go to smarthomeweekly.net. That's where uh, I write my weekly newsletter as well as post almost daily now. Uh, you could check that out as well. You can subscribe to that. Lastly, if you are going to South by Southwest, you want to see our smart home panel that I'll be participating on with Nest, Insteon, and Philips. Uh, 
that'll be on Tuesday, March 17th. I'm also having a Smart Home get-together after that. If you want to know more about that, just email me at thesmarthomeshow at gmail.com. All right, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf, and here's my conversation with Mark Spates of Logitech. Hey, well, I'm happy to have Mark Spates, who is the head of the Smart Home platform for Logitech. How are you doing, Mark? Uh, pretty good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. You headed over there, I think, uh, in August, well, kind of late summer last year. I had heard of you before. You were with the Internet of Things Consortium. And so mm-hmm. it sounds like an exciting opportunity to head up uh, stuff there. And ever since you got there, they've been chucking out stuff around Smart Home. Yeah, you know, I think I, I joined a, a, a fast-moving train. The, the team here was already really focused on getting into the smart home space, and they were working on a few products uh, to move in, in, into that direction. And I just so happened to join at the right time. And uh, as you said, a slew of products started to come out uh, based on moving into that direction. Yeah, so let's start uh, from when I, I remember kind of the action really starting. I, it was the Harmony... Uh, ultimate home remote, and you guys had launched a hub as well that connected to the smart home. So explain like that first step. I think that was like what the first big step I saw. I think is around fall of last year. Yeah, I think what what happened was is you know we naturally had a good experience in controlling multiple devices in the living room, and when you start to see how the living room was changing. Things like Sonos were starting to enter the living room, and he were in, entering the living room. And because of the the technology stack that we had in place uh, with the hub product that you just spoke of, which has RF, IR, Bluetooth, and Wi-Fi, um, we had the opportunity to extend our experience to those what we like to call use cases in which we want to make sure that the consumer didn't have to look for another way to control it or get off the couch to control certain things that affected their entertainment experience. And so Sonos is natural because it's music and it's part of your entertainment experience and cue as well because lighting is a very important part of the way that you consume visual content. So we extended there first, um, but it seemed the more that we started to add as it related to um, home, uh, smart home-like products, our consumer base just wanted more. And it was a great time because things like Nest and other products are really starting to champion the category. So it was just a natural extension for us. Um, we did a couple of products, and then we said we should just go all in. And, and we really started to build a platform around bringing really some of those smart home entertainment uh, products that we, that we controlled uh, into the whole ecosystem of, of someone's smart home that they were setting up, um, which would include things like Nest and Hue and Sonos and SmartThings, et cetera. And people know of Logitech around remotes with the Harmony line. You guys have had that line for a while. And it is probably the most well-known brand that I know of, at least. And I certainly think it's maybe maybe has the most market share in the universal remote space. But when you think of universal remotes, you're thinking generally of entertainment centers and home theater. And to extend into the smart home, you're you're kind of going up against maybe other battles. I think obviously touchscreens, and you started to mention some of the, the new entrants into the remote space where certainly touchscreen apps are, are kind of trying to control things. So talk about, you know, is the, I guess you're thinking around, is the universal remote the logical control point for the smart home? Um, I, I would think Logitech would say yes, at least with the Harmony business. 
Well, I think we we would look at it uh, in multiple ways. I think the home is, as you know, it's a communal place, first of all. Um, secondly, it's made up multiple rooms, and each room has its own specific use in in, in that in that space by uh, particular family members. So I think there's going to be an interface to each one of those rooms. Uh, and the way that we approach it is that we think we have the best inter- interface for the living room, but we know there's going to be a great interface for when you're out of home, and that may be a mobile phone. There may be a great interface for when you walk into the home. Um, there may be a great interface for when you're cooking in the kitchen. We think these are all very different ways that you're going to interface with your home. Um, and we look at it as how do we make sure that we complement each one of those experiences, but stay true to what we do, which is bringing a great entertainment experience, which, which is, which, like you said, it focuses around a living room. So for the living room, yeah, I think we, we, we believe we've built something that has great consumer value, uh, but we understand that we also need to be looking at the other rooms in the house because they all are a little bit different. A bedroom is very different than the bathroom is very different than the living room. Yeah, and I think the bigger strategic play was the announcement, I think, in January of the Harmony API that was targeted at integrating with all these different smart home devices into the – I think you had a number of 270,000 devices that the Harmony uh, remote interfaces with. So mm-hmm. talk about that. What does that mean, opening up an API for, for smart home? Well, you know, the, the, the thought was really twofold. Uh, the first thought was that we believe wholeheartedly that the home entertainment experience will be core to – what the smart home becomes. Because if you look at the past, you know, consumer behavior, they purchase TVs and DVD players and new boxes and Roku and streaming media players. All those things will need to be a part of the smart home experience. And to have a complete smart home experience, we wanted to ensure that we offered it up to the entire ecosystem a way to interface with all those AV devices because it's just something that it's, it's, it's hard to build the database to do it. And then secondly, it's hard to figure out how to synchronize those things to make sure that it's a great seamless experience for the consumer. So that was one, which is let's help the ecosystem out so that we can have a full smart home experience and not everything but the living room, right? Uh, Secondly, when we looked in, in, at the space, we said, to, to, to the point I was making earlier, there are, there are different interfaces to the home, and we want to make sure that the innovators, the creators, the founders, and, and, and the bigger companies have access to the living room as it relates to the experience that they are trying to create. So, you know, we partnered with guys like Ubi and Ivy, which added voice control. So using our API now, you have voice control that can that can start your TV, um, change your temperature, cut your lights on and off because they're using our API, which is great. So that's adding a new experience to our to our consumers, which is now control everything through voice as well. Um, and the same with um, Misfit. We we just uh, announced that we're working with Misfit now. From a wearable, you can control. Um, things in your smart home using our API. So we know that there are going to be different interfaces and different ways that people control their home. We also understand that 
we, you know, we think of the living room as one of the most important endpoints, and we have the data that can control those endpoints. So with those two things said, we thought the API was the right step to ensure that we, first of all, help push the ecosystem along and push the market along. But secondly, we create unique experiences that bring that delightful sense of imagination to the consumers that say, oh, wow, I really see where this is going. This is, this is pretty amazing. You mentioned the, the the big mountain you guys had to climb and, and throughout your history of, of building this huge database, 270,000 devices that you have access to their data. But let's talk specifically of like how realistic it is something like a, a Misfit smartwatch controlling those. Because I would imagine it would be a small subset of things that uh, like a, a wearable like that could actually access. Or am I wrong there? I mean, you know, once it writes to this API, can it ultimately – access all these different devices or does it really kind of depend on depend on the complexity and the robustness of the interface on something like that if it's stripped down it might not be able to really do true control of a, a device that you may have in your database for example yeah i think i think what you're saying is is is, is dead on so the way that we design the the api so you know my background is apis and i've done it for for a while and i always look at the api as the product so the api itself is a physical product and what you have to determine at each level is at what point does, you know, one device serve a purpose better than a, a device that is, is maybe, you know, more focused and more limited. So let me give you an example of that. Uh, today, our API with Misfit, um, they have access to activities. Right. So in our in our world, activities are, you know, let's say you have a watch TV activity and that may control your TV, your Apple TV, and your lights, for example. And at one touch from your, your Misfit Flash, you can start watch TV and everything turns on. And I think that's a great experience. And so you go to the Misfit app, you set it up so that your Flash controls your watch TV activity, you tap the flash and watch TV comes on and you can see how that can, ex that can really expand to other activities. One like, um, go to sleep where it cuts off all the things in your house. It cuts off your lights, it cuts off your music, it cuts off the TV. And you just do that at one touch because you know, you, you still have your wearable on. So in, in that sense, the abstract of activities really makes sense. And it probably doesn't make sense to, uh, give it the control over devices because then it becomes too complicated of an interface for the consumer. One touch, having things happen, makes a lot of sense for a wearable. Um, then if you want to go in and start thinking about controlling volume and changing the channel, then maybe it makes sense to just grab the Harmony remote at that, at that standpoint or grab, grab the app or the app or whatever device that you want to control. But there's probably a better way to go into very specific controls over a specific device. But controlling multiple devices at once um, through our API is really what we wanted to offer up first. So we have that abstract level of one touch controls multiple devices. So you've, you've kind of classified, you have certain classes of devices depending on what uh, the interface and the ability to actually do things with it is, you, you create uh, a certain class. So a wearable makes sense, you have one touch, but you, if you have something that's a little bit more robust with more inputs, you may say, well, let's do more with it. Yeah, for sure. So right now um, we're working on the, you know, working through the, the, the product roadmap and, and really sketching out what the next level we will start to expose. And it's really going down the path of, okay, we have something good for wearables. 
let's say someone came out with something that was more of an app. What, what would, what's the right API for someone who has an app or what's the right API for maybe someone who's a, a, a weekend installer and they're trying to hook up a couple of systems? So we're thinking about each use case and what we expose in that use case because I think it's going to be different for each device as well as what you're trying to accomplish at, at the end goal uh, for the person who's the developer. To explore a little bit more the, the, the place of entertainment within the smart home because I, you know, I've oftentimes made in my mind a kind of a, uh, a separation point, you know, where smart home might be low power devices, stuff you interact with that don't, doesn't have like a high speed connection. It might be connected through something like Z-Wave or Bluetooth uh, versus uh, TV devices, connected TV, which oftentimes have, you know, really robust processors and, and high speed connections. But, but you've probably given a lot of thought to this and is the kind of the logical nexus point being able to do, interesting control of your entertainment with with uh, smart home devices or power device interfaces or, or or what are some of the other use cases where these two these two i guess overlapping circles would meet yeah i mean if you if you look at the top end of the market you know the bigger guys who've been been doing this uh, for a while Crestron and and and, and control for et cetera, one of the the main entry points for them is through entertainment so we, we think that will continue to trend because one thing that someone can easily understand, and I think it's one of the, it's a base use case, but anyone who's walking into a, a, a Best Buy or um, walking into one of the consumer electronic stores, can, you can show them, say, you know, when you cut on your new awesome 50 billion inch TV that you just bought, your light's dim. And it's a very, it's an instant connection where they go, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Me and my family, we're sitting down, we're about to watch our favorite TV. And when I hit play, the, the lights just go down. Now, me and you, we've lived that, you know, we, we, we've set it up, but there's so much of the rest of, of the market, they haven't even realized that that's possible. So we think that it's actually, entertainment is a great entry point because People understand TV, they understand something like lighting or even, you know, temperature. You're getting ready to watch a movie, the temperature goes up a little bit because, you know, you don't want to have to worry about it. These things are simple use cases that people totally understand related to something that they use on a daily basis, which is their TV. Now, the way that the, the entertainment starts to to expand there, which is which is interesting, is what we see is usually someone, let's say, gets their TV, they get their light, they, get, they have their lights, and, you know, they have the harmony to control them both. Once someone says, wow, this is pretty cool, before you know it, they're adding Sonos. And before you know it, they're adding Nest. And you start to see those things um, compound, and they start to, before they know it, they have, a, they have like, a, a smart home, but it's a smart home based on them buying what they thought were the coolest products at that time and also solve the real problem. But a, the place they started was, and they don't realize it is that I bought this awesome TV and I want to control this TV. And now I have the TV hooked to my speakers and now my speakers are hooked to my light and now my lights are hooked to my thermostat. So we think that the, the living room is, you know, a great starting point when it comes to building a smart home. We also think the other entry points are, 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 are extremely uh, valuable as well, but something that people just understand is, I bought a TV and I want that TV experience to be expanded. And you made a great point about the high end of the market. Cause that's where I generally associate integration of, 
you know, rich, connected entertainment experiences with the smart home. But but what I'm possibly seeing here and what, what maybe you tell me part of your strategy is maybe to bring this down market a little bit in that, you know, you guys are an affordable universal remote. I mean, basically, are you going to bring this connected entertainment experience and fuse it with the smart home and give experiences that you may have seen only historically in kind of the world of Crestron and Savant? Yeah, I think you know at at the, at the highest level, what we what we always talk about here is let's bring the greatest experience that we can to the consumers. And I think what we've started to see is that experience has ex- extended from just being you know being able to control your AV devices, and so people want to control things in their home. So at, at, in that sense, yes, I think our our goal is to give consumers the opportunity to really build a unique um, environment as it relates to their passion point, be it entertainment, um, be it, you know, I have, I have wearables and I really care about wearables. We want to make sure that our system allows them to connect those things and create the personalized experiences that they want in their home. And, and there is, a, a, a sense of ease in the fact that you can go buy this from Best Buy, you can set it up yourself, and it's somewhat future-proofing as well because our stance has always been we want to integrate with everything and work with everyone. So at that sense, you don't have to worry about locking yourself into one system or another because we're going to always try to ensure that we work with anything and everything out there that has market traction or potentially is just an innovative approach to doing something. We talked about wearables, for example, and having them having access to your database. But talk about going the other way and using, for example, the Harmony Ultimate Home Remote and controlling the different smart home devices. You guys have done integration, and you have the hub that has, uh, you know, smart home radios in it. So, you know, how much are you? How much work are you doing there? How expansive have you made your database of smart home devices that you could connect to with your hub? Yeah, so we're doing a lot of work there. I mean, it's a lot of focus, a lot of my my focus and our team focus is there. Um, we're also being very thoughtful about the way that we go about it. We did the same, uh, a similar approach uh, when we when we really tackle AV, which is we think there are certain categories that are extremely important. So you know, you think about you think about kind of the 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 ring approach. You know, the the center being the AV stack, and then, you know, right outside of that, we think, you know, connected speakers and lights are very important. And then, then you know, slightly outside of that, things like climate control and and, and, and those type of things are important. So we're, we're thinking about it from, you know, how far are you getting away from that core entertainment experience and really prioritizing from there. Uh, we also are very conscious of ensuring that, devices that are, are really starting to gain traction specifically with our users and also with the market as a whole that we're focusing on and we're getting those integrated as well. That's a great thing about having the APIs that allows us also to be a little bit more nimble and quicker because when we integrate something into the remote, we like to really think through that experience because, as you know, it's pretty – It's a pretty. Uh, it can be a, a extensive experience of setting something up adding it to an activity. So we want to make sure we simplify that as much as possible. And, and that UI work and, and the type of integrations that we do, it just takes a little bit of time so we get them right. So uh, today we have 
15 or so uh, smart home products that we have integrated into the remote that you can control from the remote. We just announced, um, uh, we just released actually last, this Monday, uh, that we have Nest Protect as well as Ream have been two new um, products that we've added and we have a bunch more coming down the line. Um, and we're really, like I said, focusing on how would you control it? What's the use case for controlling it? And then the last piece is what are the right partners that we that help us bring that experience to, to bear? Because I think, as you know, the market is starting to get filled up with different type of products from different type of companies. We're trying to be very thoughtful of, of who we work with so that it's right for the consumer, it's right for us, and we can create the best experience. So you've done an integration with Nest. Have you also integrated with the thermostat? I think you have, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, we did the thermostat. We were one of the, we were one of the initial uh, partners for Works with Nest. Well, you know, Works with Nest, it makes sense to me that, like, a natural control interface for all the devices that the that the Nest would connect to would be the remote. But it, it seems like they, they may be limiting you and, and maybe wanting something that's more, I guess, Android-centric to, to, or whatever to control stuff around the Nest as the hub. So, I mean... Talk about your thoughts there. I mean, if you do, you see like the the Logitech Harmony remotes as like the kind of the master remote that could control a lot of stuff that the Nest could connect to, or is that something that Google's maybe going to want to put in a more Google centric interface or Nest centric interface? Yeah, I'm not sure about uh, Nest roadmap or Google's roadmap, so I really can't speak on that. Um, but what what I can say from from our perspective is. We always believe in creating these seamless experiences. And so to do that, that means we need to be integrated with as many devices as possible so that when our consumer buys a Harmony, have some confidence that when they pick it up, it's just going to work, right? Um, and we do believe that there is a place for um, a single point of control um, throughout the house. Now, what I have to say is that that doesn't mean that, you know, everything that is, is in your house will be Logitech-based. Um, that just means that we know there are certain points of control, um, living room being one, we have a great solution there, um, the door being another, right? We, we, we know that's pretty important because when you come in and out, that's, it's pretty important to know. That can trigger a lot of things. Um, and, and voice being being interesting. So we know there is going to be multiple points of control in the house, um, but we do believe that there will be fewer interfaces than more. And do we believe we can build a, a great experience from a Logitech standpoint? Of course. Um, do we believe that homes will have multiple ways of controlling these things? For sure. I think if you look at a communal home even today, even for our product, some people love using the app. Some people love using the physical remote. And I think you're just going to see different types of ways of controlling the house in certain environments. People will love doing it one way. In certain environments, people will love to do it other way. I think it would be um, it would behoove us to always keep that in mind as we make products. The universal remote space, it's, it's a fairly mature one, but you guys are trying to kind of uh... – work at the, and, and innovate at the edges. You guys are one of the first that I've seen go into the smart home side of things, but certainly some of the upstarts that are, are coming out via some of the crowdfunding platforms are, are going there as well. So, you know, there's Neo, 
Uh, I think this last week there's the Ray Super Remote that's more of a touchscreen based. What are your advantages relative to some of these new entrants who are trying to come out of the gate with smart home as kind of a, one of their core focuses initially? Well, I think our core focus has always been home entertainment. I think that that in itself is is, is very important because you know we've we've really understood how to simplify the living room. And I think the home, as, as the smart home continues to evolve, um, I think the value proposition of controlling the home and things like that will start to become more apparent. But out of the box, what's great about, you know, a, a Harmony remote is day one, you buy it, you can go sit, sit in front of your, your, your TV, and you probably have two or three things you can control without buying anything else. Right, and that's pretty important because then when you start to add your your Hue or your Nest or your Sonos or you start to go get your August Lock and you start to get these things, um, your Harmony walks with you down that path. So I think being able to add value on day one and really solve a problem, which is you have this awesome entertainment setup and you got about three or four remotes and we can replace that plus, you know we can help you out with these other smart home products that you're starting to add to your, to your home. I think that's, that's the great value proposition. I think as the market matures, you'll see that, you know, it's going to be equal home entertainment and home products and, and we'll get there one day. But I think today we're, we're still seeing the, the smart home products just starting to take off. But people have been buying TVs for a very long time. They've been buying DVD players and media streamers for a very long time. And there's still a core problem to solve there. Who's a typical Harmony remote uh, customer? I mean, and do you see those as the same folks who are uh, in the smart home or or thinking about entering the smart home space and, and dabbling in that? Yeah, I think if you look at our customer, our customer, you know, usually is a little bit more on, on the tech savvy side. Um, also usually is, you know, what's great is using the remote to help make the family's life a little bit more efficient and easier. You know, we get a lot of feedback from our customers that the remote is what, you know, makes it easy for their son or daughter to get up in the morning and watch their favorite cartoons because they don't have to got to worry about like, they just hit watch cartoons on the remote versus Dad, which TV do I cut on? Which remote do I use? Like, which which is the right input? So uh, with those two things, someone a little bit more tech savvy, willing to take a little bit more of a time to to set this up so that their family's life is, is efficient, I think that same personality will be the person who's looking for uh, – smart home products that do something very similar, but probably in a different fashion, be it heating and cooling, be it um, music, be it entry into the home. I think these, these type of personalities will always be looking how they can make their life and more importantly, their life with their family a little bit more efficient and, and easier. So we do see some crossover there. Um, and it's great because when we work with partners, um, our, our user base usually looks very similar. What's your background? You came to, to Logitech. What were you doing before that? So I was actually um, at a company called Brightroll, and I was working on um, the platform there where we were connecting to different uh, databases to uh, create 
in, in real time um, audience profiles uh, in the advertising space. So if you really if you really boil down what we're doing, we had a, a API architecture in which we took in data. Um, we then looked at that data and combined it with other data sets to, um, on the outcome, show up as a bid to advertisers. And so we were doing all all this in real time. And I just I was thinking as we were building this architecture and we we're working on it, I'm like, man, I think what's going to end up happening in smart home is you're going to do something very similar, but instead of a a server from Brightroll talking to a server over at uh, potentially Yahoo or Facebook or one of those other publishers or Nielsen, you're going to have you know Nest server talking to Logitech server, and we're going to be creating these awesome experiences out of the data that comes through that connection. So when I when I looked at the architecture and I started talking to some of the guys over at Logitech and I realized how similar they were, um, I thought it was a good opportunity to take some of the knowledge I had learned uh, for building these kind of platforms and apply it to the smart home market. Hey, well, I want to thank you for spending some time and talking a little bit about what you're doing over at Logitech and what you're doing with the Harmony and your entrance into smart home. Oh, thank you very much, Michael. And I just want to say, uh, and always enjoy, especially your writing on Forbes. And I'm just happy to be a part of what you're what you're doing. And uh, keep up the great work. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Bye. Well, that said, I hope you learned a little bit about Logitech and their plans for the smart home. How they see the remote actually fitting into this thing called, we call a smart home. And I think it makes some sense. I think it, uh, you know, all this device integration that they've done, this huge database that they have. That's valuable, and I think the value there is, you know, how allowing different other types of devices across the smart home, across the Internet of Things, act to access these entertainment devices. And so I think there's a role for the universal remote remote to play there. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Smart Home Show in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or you can also find us at technology.fm. Thanks, Ian. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>